Here's a bit of e-commerce trivia. <laughs> Did you know that 9 out of 10 UK shoppers will abandon a store using US dollars? Or that if someone leaves your store to use a currency converter, 2 out of 3 won't return? Not showing the default local currency might be one of the biggest contributors to your e-commerce bounce rate. And if you ship internationally, a multi-currency app is an absolute must, and the folks at Bold make the best multi-currency app out there. Here's why. It auto-detects where your customers are shopping from and shows them their correct currency, so you don't lose them in the first second that they load the site. And of course, it also syncs real-time with currency databases too, so it's always up to date. But it has a few other neat tricks as well, such as rate padding. So if you set it to sync real-time rates, but want to pad the conversion by a few percent eh, to make a little for yourself, you can do that too. It also supports vanity pricing, which I think is neat. So if you want all your prices to end in, say, 99 cents, it could do that for you as well. And it's got all those features, but best of all, it's free. So I can't even offer you a special extended trial, because there isn't one. Just go to the App Store and search Bold Multicurrency. That's Bold Multicurrency in the App Store. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from EtherCycle headquarters. And today we're going to go through a, a store owner's journey, really successful store, interesting store, but it's not really a store, it's more of a library because they sell courses. And that's one of the, an entirely new thing for us on the show is talking about digital goods. I don't think we've ever talked about, about digital goods, the digital libraries, content delivery, that sort of thing. And Today, we've got someone who has been on Shopify uh, with a, a custom theme, doing it successfully since 2012, and has learned a lot from it, and is working on launching a new site that will, will be exciting to see in the coming months. Um, but recently, I did, you know, for a client for the first time, uh, we, we implemented uh, a digital delivery solution. And I was kind of, I, honestly, I was, I was dismayed by, um, by the, the most common file delivery solution digital-wise for Shopify, and I sell a bunch of info products myself, and occasionally people like e-commerce bootcamp and e-commerce hacks weekly, I got several, um, and occasionally people give me a hard time and go, oh, it's not on Shopify. Well, yeah, because the truth is I, I, you know, I'm a web designer developer. It was, it was easier for me to use, um, to design it static myself and then use a, a different solution that is focused on digital file delivery. But here we've got someone who's done it successfully on Shopify, so I want to talk through it. Let's hear his journey. Um, and then get into some of that, like, that nitty-gritty with digital. Because here's the thing with digital, selling digital goods. There's no, like, you, you're not worrying about inventory anymore. And after creation of the product, it's almost uh, pure profit. It's not, you don't have to, for every sale, you're not buying and reselling a good. And, of course, there are situations with licensing fees. But for the most part, you create your own content. It just becomes an evergreen thing you can keep selling at, like, you know, potentially 99% profit which I think is, is very cool and very attractive uh, about digital goods, but not something we've seen a ton of on Shopify. So I think this is a, a good opportunity um, to kind of learn about that and start thinking, hey, maybe there are info products you could add to your own physical goods business. Anyway, I have rambled a bit. Um, I get excited about digital goods. 
but our guest today is Gary Martin from RGGEDU, and his website on Shopify is rggedu.com. I say that kind of quickly, rggedu, but six letters, rggedu.com. Um, and he's the co-founder, uh, and they are a documentary-based production company that specializes in the most comprehensive photography and Photoshop tutorials in the world. And I actually, I, uh, I have, I went through one of his, uh, one of their courses on automotive photography. I'm really impressed by it. Really like high quality, um, fantastic stuff. So Gary, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kurt. I appreciate, uh, the opportunity to be on the podcast. My pleasure. And you host a podcast yourself, don't you? Yeah. The RGG EDU podcast. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, what's the topic there? We could plug it right now. I'm always happy to, yeah, absolutely. to share a podcast. So, so we had been going around as a way to network with uh, our partners and sponsors to the largest conventions in the world, you know, Photokina in Germany, uh, PPE, Photo Plus in New York, and there's a, a few other in, you know, Orlando and, and Vegas. And we had been going there and um, just kind of networking, going to the parties, going to the events. And then it just kind of clicked for us. And we're like, you know what? We have all of these amazing photographers and speakers in one location let's set up a studio and do in-person interviews. So uh, we actually did the pilot kind of program down at a influencer event we throw every year in Puerto Rico. Uh, so last year in Puerto Rico, we invited a lot of our uh, kind of influencers in the industry down and, and uh, did uh, 10 podcasts. But since then, we've been going to every single convention and we rent a, a, the biggest suite that we can find that's closest to the convention. We fill the bathtub full of you know every drink you could possibly think of, and then we actually just sit around and, and talk about that photographer's you know career, how they got into it, what's changed, and there's really no no specific topic or theme. Uh, we just kind of really go into their entire experience and their career, and you know sometimes we we have it over a glass of whiskey, and it just kind of turns turns into a really relaxed conversation for our audience, who you know want to learn more about photography and. You know, a lot of our audience are, are working pros. Uh, some of them are trying to get to uh, to be a working pro. Maybe they do a day job. So it's just kind of an insight um, into that successful photographer's career. Oh, I man, I already want to geek out about podcast stuff here. Because so for the show, everything is done over Skype, just because it makes it easy to get two channels to edit, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And we have only once I did in person, and I did like man on the street style at Shopify Unite, where it was like quick you know, a quick five minute interview, um, with a whole bunch of people and that worked pretty well, but yeah, I go to conferences all the time. I just, I spoke at one for Shopify in Brooklyn recently and it has never occurred to me to set up a studio in the hotel room. And then, so do you book, um, do you line people up in advance? Yeah. Yeah. So similar to, uh, that program you use Calendly, uh, we set up, um, all the times we rent the studio or, um, a, a hotel room, and we come out with our crew and, you know, we, we do all of the live uh, audio mixing on, on set. So we have a, a crew running the actual podcast itself and all the uh, all the mics and the channels. Um, and then we just, you know, have a producer rent a car and go pick up everyone from that convention and then bring them to the hotel room. And, man, we will sit around, you know, all day long and, and do five or six podcasts that are all about an hour long. And we'll do that two, three, four days in a row. And, uh, we use it as also content marketing. So through Shopify, we will come out with seasons and we kind of, we kind of formulated it off of the Netflix effect and, and what Netflix is doing with series. They come out with a series at once and you can binge the entire thing. So when we launch a, a season and the season is dictated by where it was, where it was shot, so the season will come out and you'll, you're able to download the entire season all at once through um, a product that's on our Shopify site. And actually, we, uh, our actual uh, podcast site is a, a Squarespace website, and we use the buy button to sync the orders into our Shopify store. So even if you never go to rggedu.com, you just get it from rggedupodcast.com, which is a Squarespace site. Um, the entire thing is synced and the, the whole automation and delivery is then uh, uh, executed through Shopify. And then, you know, every Wednesday we will drip out the content for all the podcast platforms like iTunes and Stitcher and Google. And uh, so we, we drip out content that way. But, you know, we use it as a, a lead generator just to get people into the ecosystem and then to send out, you know, drip notifications through our CR CRM. This is really brilliant. So I've 
I love podcasts for content marketing, of course, because we've got this one, um, and we're up, I think it's uh, like 140, 150 episodes, and now we're about to hit, um, well, just last week we hit 320,000 downloads, So I, and I get you know, a ton of leads and networking and exposure out of it, and it, it's really fun. I love it. Um, so I, podcasts and like multimedia as content marketing is, is brilliant. I love it. You have taken it a step further, and I love this idea of doing you know, uh, that Netflix effect where it's a full season and then making it a product. Like you, you, know, you have a store, so then you make it a product, people buy it, and that's kind of like your, your tripwire. It gets them into your ecosystem, gets them comfortable with you. That's pretty brilliant. Yeah. The, the only thing that I don't like about it is that since it's a $0 product, it kind of screws up all our numbers to quickly see, like if we want to, you know, you know, on the, on the homepage or in the, the analytics, if we want to see, uh, you know, the AOV of, of what's going okay. on, yeah. it, it completely skews those numbers. So then we got to export and then put it into Excel and then, you know, delete all the $0 orders to get a, a, a easy look. So, so Shopify, if, if, if you're listening, and then probably rams <laughs> your conversion rate through the roof. Yeah. Cause you've yeah, got a yeah. free product. Yeah. So it, it skews the numbers a little bit. But, you know, it's still easy to get to. It's just another step in, in exporting. But other than that, I, I, I'm, I love actually doing the podcast. We have a blast. We get to meet a lot of the people that I, you know, look up to. You know, in a couple of weeks we're going to New York and we're going to be doing podcasts with some some absolute legends in the business. So it's it's the best content marketing that we've come up with so far in terms of it being fun. And honestly, we've, we've gotten every, every season, but the first season sponsored, we, we just work with one sponsor and they get to, you know, have their, uh, their brand name and their logos on our website in perpetuity forever. So it's, you know, one sponsor per season and they get, uh, it's, it's funny. We, we hire voice actors that impersonate, um, very well-known people. So the intros to our podcasts have people, you're like, what is that? Is that, <laughs> Is that uh, so-and-so, you know, doing the intro? So we, we put a lot of production value into it, which I think echoes our, our video products online because, yes. you know, we really want to establish ourselves as, um, you know, the leader in quality um, with, with what we do. That, yeah, and actually, that kind of I had no idea about, I knew we had a podcast, but I didn't know any of this. It's very, very interesting and clever. Uh, we'll go ahead. We'll plug Smug Mug. Smug Mug sponsored your season three. That's cool. Um, yeah. And it seems like a good fit for you. Uh, okay, so let's... Let's back up. We totally skipped over. What the heck is RGG Edu? Yeah, so you know, we essentially make uh, what we call docutorials. Uh, we don't necessarily like the term tutorial because I think YouTube has kind of ruined that for everyone in terms of just the quality and, and how scattered something is. Yes, you're um, right. the The difference between, well, what's your like average course cost? Uh, yeah, so for the first, um, our store we launched this uh, a little over three years ago, and uh, all of our products up until this year have been $299. And those so, those have been anywhere from 15 to 25 hours long and anywhere from 50 to 100 plus videos. And it's it's the entire look. It's it's uh, We call it a docutorial because we also try and make it as much about that photographer as possible because we're working with a lot of pretty high profile, yeah. uh, pretty, pretty well-known and pretty famous photographers. Yeah, the and, one I watched had Easton Chang and like the first – two lessons are like his story and his approach and like getting to know and getting comfortable with him before you even get into like, Hey, we're going to pick up a camera here and here's what like we're going to do in Photoshop. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. I didn't think about, um, you know, to say like calling what you do a tutorial is, you know, doesn't do it justice when, you know, like a, a 20 minutes, you know, I can record a, a 10, 20 minute screencast upload it to YouTube for free and call that a tutorial. It's like there's a very wide gulf between yeah, yeah. between that and what you do. So yeah, inventing, kind of coming up with that clever portmanteau docu-tutorial, um, I think is bright. Um, yeah. I would say your stuff more, they're, um, they're, very, they're courses. They're like in-depth video courses. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's like 200, 300 level stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So we, we try and take the approach of, you know, genre based with uh, a lead instructor that's kind of like your hero. So, you know, they're the most specialized. Uh, that's what that worked area. on me. I knew, yeah. like, I immediately knew who Easton Chang was because that was like my photography hero, you know, back in uh, like 2007. I would see his rig shots and I'm like, and I'm, you know, I was a big car guy. I'm like, oh, that's just so cool. I want to do that. And then, you know, here I turn around and see, oh my gosh, Easton Chang's pulling back the curtain, showing all these secrets. 
like showing what he does exactly. Um, and it, like, it's, it's a no brainer. I couldn't say no to it. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's funny getting into it. My, the co-founder of the company, Rob Grimm is a really well-known, uh, beer and food photographer. Hmm. Um, and, you know, had a lot of the Bud, like Budweiser was, you know, one of his main clients before they were, you know, purchased, um, you know, several years back. Uh, so I started, he was actually one of my clients. I was working as a digital tech uh, in the industry and, and I had just gotten back from the Peace Corps and was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. And I knew that I, I really wanted to do photography or documentaries after making a documentary on uh, the country of Moldova when I was uh, living in Eastern Europe. So I got back. And, that and was, you I, served in Moldova for your Peace Corps Yeah, mission. yeah, correct. Okay. And, and you got while back, there, uh, while there I, I really got into photography and, and documentary filmmaking. And while I was there, just scouring the web for like, how do I do this? There was nothing there. So when I got back, that was always kind of in the back of my mind. And then uh, Rob and I joined forces and started doing some kind of testing. And we worked with um, a few other companies in the industry to make tutorials with them. And kind of was using that time as a way to understand the industry, make connections, figure out where there was a need in, in the marketplace. And so then you, so this is like such, even though you're not doing a physical good, this is such a common theme for successful entrepreneurs like yourself is I saw, I had a painter problem myself. And in your case, it was, there really was, you know, I wanted to learn, I wanted to get better at photography and documentary filmmaking. And I saw there wasn't really anything out there. And then you thought, all right, we could do this our like maybe we could do this ourselves, but first you explored it by working in the industry. Yeah, yeah, okay. and you know it was it was good because I, we were making you know behind the scenes and just content to, for uh, Rob, who's um, uh, my current partner, and he was getting so many inquiries and actually getting some of the big uh, the biggest jobs he he had at the time because there was art directors and creative directors. Uh, looking and buying high quality content. So we're like, okay, we're on to something. So it's like, okay, let's, let's basically both quit our jobs, essentially uh, go into business together. Um, and RGG stands for uh, Robin Gary's great education. I think we had maybe, <laughs> maybe 12 or 14 whiskeys when we decided to, to go with that name. But there's also a little bit of strategy behind the name itself because it is such a unique word. I knew that if we started pumping you know, the internet full of that SEO, that if you search RGG EDU, we're basically going to be the only ones on the, the first two pages. So there was yes, a little bit of, there is a, there was, yeah, there's such a huge advantage to having a name that's like functionally made up. Um, yeah. like ours, EtherCycle was originally in 2009. I said, let's start an e let's build our own e-commerce platform, not knowing what I was getting into. And we we're like, well, it's in our target market, our target vertical is bike shops. So it was literally just a portmanteau of ethernet and bicycle. And yeah. the, like, it's the annoying part is you have to people, it's not obvious what the name is in reference to and you have to like explain it. But, and so like RGG EDU is a little better in that it's got EDU in there. So it's like, I know it's educational content. Yeah, um, absolutely right. The, but the advantage is I never ever worry about not being able to register that like username somewhere. And I, there's no fear of, you know, you're going to type that in and find something not related to us. Yeah. 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 So, yeah also after that, I, uh, one of the deciding factors was making sure that all the social media handles hadn't been taken yep. and we mm -hmm. could, could cross-brand. So regist registered everything immediately. And then uh, our, our first project, we're like, okay, let's do something that, A, doesn't cost a lot because we, we, we did this and bootstrapped the entire company and, and never took on any debt. Uh, and we Fair said, good. you know what, let's look, at, let's look at newborn photography. There's not a lot out there. Um, and that is super specialized. And, you know, with newborn photography – you know, it's it's about you know ninety percent all women only do uh, newborn photography. So we said, yeah, okay, it would be weird to be a male newborn photographer. <laughs> hey, they're out there, they're out there, and there's some really good ones. But we said, all right, let's create this project. Let's do it here in St. Louis, and we found uh, a, a newborn photographer that was actually, you know, really popular and growing on Facebook at the time. Uh, and you know, we came together and collaborated and made our first project. We actually shot it in the studio here in St. Louis. And uh, we cut it together. And I remember while we were filming it, I was looking for ways to automate uh, the purchase of digital goods. So when someone buys something from any website, it would automatically send it. And, and what year would that be? Uh, this is back in uh, 2014, like okay. May. Uh, May is basically when we launched. Yeah, it's not that and long ago, but there's like then there really were very few options. 
Yeah, yeah. So actually, uh, Fetch App at the time, uh, actually, you know, I called Shopify support and uh, I, I remember contacting Fetch and I wanted to make sure that it was going to work. So we actually found uh, a, a theme that I think was maybe either free or like, you know, 79 bucks. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, okay, is there enough of this theme that I could replace with video and, and make product pages that explain what's in the video itself? So uh, Fetch App was actually what brought us to Shopify. And actually, I remember at the time there was a, a pretty big competition, uh, you know, start a Shopify store and like the winner. Uh, the build a business competition. Yeah. Yeah, the winner they gets still do, yeah. mentorship from such and such person. So yeah, last year it was, or this year, or last year, whatever, whatever the last one was, it was Tony Robbins uh, was yeah, the mentor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you went to like, and prior to that, I think it was uh, Richard Branson, and it's it is, yep. it's cool. Yeah, at at the time it was Chase Jarvis who's uh, started Creative Live, who's now one of our biggest competitors. <laughs> um, and I remember we missed the deadline just because our our product wasn't ready uh, for the cutoff, but I ended up. You know, several months down the road after, you know, one or two products launched, um, I remember seeing the winner for that. And I remember uh, they announced how much money they made. I was like, oh, man, we would have smoked them. We, we totally would have won this if we could have <laughs> launched this, you know, two or three months earlier. And it would have been really funny to have to have won that and then had, you know, our biggest competitor be our mentor uh, through Shopify since, you know, our first year, you know, our first year on Shopify, we did over a million in sales. And I remember when we launched that, that very first product, I was, we were down in the Bahamas uh, teaching a workshop. And, and I remember the, the Shopify app. A million sales in your first year. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was really something. I remember just sitting there. We're in the middle of the workshop and uh, down in the Bahamas. And I uh, basically turned, turned it on and we, we shared the whole thing through Facebook. And this is back when Facebook was all organic. So if you had 40,000 people, there's a good chance that all of them are going to get a notification. Yeah, about they got us all launched. addicted, and then suddenly yeah. it was like, well, we're only going to show it to half your people. And then, oh, we're going to show it to like one-tenth. <laughs> yeah, so all the orders started coming in on my phone, and I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> just like, oh my, oh, this is awesome. I was like, Rob, all right, we're, we're no longer commercial photographers. Uh, we're, we're getting into education. And then, you know, the last three years, we've just been, you know, slowly growing. We're have you know 10 full-time employees at the moment and we've just been growing at a, at a healthy rate that uh you know we have the blessing from our cpa to do so <laughs> and you never so, uh, you never took on uh uh investor money you kept it bootstrapped yeah yeah the the whole thing we we you know we we had opportunities to take on you know investments but we wanted to kind of prove to ourselves and and make something where we were in total control and we didn't have, uh, you know, any investors that weren't in the industry, yes. uh, you know, changing company culture or, you know, you know, just worried about the numbers and sacrificing the quality. So, um, you know, and also the last three years, we really had to figure out, you know, who we were and, you know, what what we were doing and why. And, you know, uh, you know, the biggest thing for us, we're in a quest to make the best educational content for, you know, photographers that own a store that might be an Etsy uh, that need to understand how to do product photography from a very beginner's level, you know, all the way up to, you know, high end product photography or whether it's fashion or editorial. Uh, we just really want to focus on making, you know, the best content that's both a good mix of entertainment and uh, documentary, but also, you know, we, we call it the IQ and the EQ of, of a great tutorial. If it's just IQ based and he's just, you know, he or she, the instructor is saying, you know, put the light here, and these are your camera settings. It's, it's actually way more than that. And that's where we bring in the EQ of it. And it's all of the intangible things that that photographer learned and their story. And whether it's heartache or whether it was, you know, bad business decisions, we try and highlight all of that. And, you know, our projects taste, take uh, you know, anywhere from three to six months to edit and, and wow. launch. So, you know, we're, we have, you know, three full-time editors that are just constantly editing, editing content. And uh, you know, getting products ready for launch. Um, but yeah, that's always just been our, our main focus. Is we're going to differentiate ourselves and be the best in quality. And you know, that's why we have such a high, uh, uh, you know, retention rate with our customers. And you know, every customer, you know, on average buys you know three products a year from our store. Um, and you know, just overall a really high customer satisfaction. Yeah, no, it uh, the quality is tremendous. Um, okay, a couple questions. Well. An observation, another 
uh, one thing that that sets apart the really successful successful entrepreneurs um, is having a clear purpose. And we always say like you got to write write a positioning statement, even if you don't use it on your website. Just have a positioning statement that defines who you're serving, what benefit they're getting, you know, so how you're serving them, and then what your your competitive advantage is. And you from it sounds like right from day one you knew was we're going to serve uh, photographers by providing them the most in-depth, amazing uh, educational tutorial courses we can give them. And our competitive advantage is twofold. We're including the human element. So uh, you called it EQ, you know, really building empathy in there. Um, so it's not just pure technical. And yeah. uh, having just this commitment to this is going to be like, you know, broad, uh, like proper uh, you know, BBC level. I don't know if that's the best example, but like proper documentary, um, detail and a, uh, attention to, yeah, uh, yeah. um, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but just really put in the effort to, to get it polished and perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you that, know, that's, that's tremendous. That's, that's something that w- we saw was, you know, it's easy to make a tutorial if you, especially if it's live and you just do like a, a recorded live workshop and then quickly cut that together and, and get it, uh, you know, on your, on your website for sale, you know, we'll spend, you know, I remember any profits that we got from, uh, you know, the, the first few tutorials we dumped back into the next production or hiring another employee. So, you know, from day one, we were always investing, reinvesting those profits into, all right, how do we make the, the next project even bigger and better and add a bigger budget, uh, to the production itself. So, you know, since then we've, you know, done projects in Brazil on location. I've gone to Papua New Guinea twice to do a really in-depth, you know, tutorial uh, with uh, Sandro on portraiture and, and you know, uh, photographing the uh, tribes and like the deep jungles of Papua New Guinea mountains. That's and, cool. That's so cool. You know, I, I just wanted to make a product that I would have, that I wanted to watch back when I was so frustrated with, man, how do I understand this better? Who out there is teaching it? Boom. Um, that's another one that's yeah. like just such a common, that's a, a common thread for successful entrepreneurs is they are initially, they are their own best customer. They're essentially like you're dog fooding your own product um, to make it what you would have hoped for. Were you that customer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. So, well, there are a couple things I want to touch on. A, as you, um, well, I have I I have a business partner. I've had business partners in uh, probably most of my endeavors, um, and I really like it. I think it adds uh, accountability, but it also it can be um, you know it could be as serious as a as a sexless marriage. Um, so that's serious. Yes, it's very serious. That's um, serious. Or I've also you know I've had you know uh, business partnerships be casual and work completely fine as well. Um, but uh, you have had a, a business partner this whole time. Um, do you like it? Is it positive? Would you encourage people to have a partner or go solo? Or does is the answer, you know, it depends. How long is a piece of string? Yeah, I, I absolutely think it, it depends. What What's nice about our partnership is it's been a good marriage of, you know, he fills in where I'm lacking and I fill in where he's lacking. You know, he has the experience of working in the industry with the biggest people for 30 years as the photographer um, and, and knowing what photographers want and how the industry works. And, you know, I'm coming from more of the, you know, film and, and tech side of things that, you know, runs, you know, you know, the website, you know, the CRM understands, just speaks internet is, is kind of how I call it. Um, so we absolutely, you know, divide tasks because if, if you don't have a business partner, you spend so much of your time either on the back end looking for new ways to do something, uh, you know, you know, draft and, you know, write things, uh, you know, emails to your, your audience. There's just... It's not enough time in the day. You know, we both work eight days a week and, you know, don't take vacations and have just been, you know, focused on dividing the tasks at hand that need to run this business and grow it and, and manage our employees and make sure they're all taken care of and happy and, and growing and, you know, want to contribute and, and be here. And it's been great. It's it's just been, you know, fantastic. Um, definitely, uh, it, you know, Business partners might work for some, might not work for others. Just all kind of depends on, you know, what you're doing, uh, and, and they gotta, sure. you know, they gotta bring something to the table. And you know, you know, one thing that we found is we we have just constant updates and constant meetings 
of just what's going on. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a great experience uh, for me, and I just absolutely love it. Uh, I would agree. I certainly, I think where the thing that makes your, uh, your partnership work, probably, uh, I mean, aside from, you know, you getting along and, and being great people, um, the number one, you said, well, we complement each other. So having like two people with identical skill sets off like that's where I see partnerships bump heads. Um, and you said you seem to have like a clear division of labor where you know what roles you have a clearly defined, like these are the roles I fill, these are the roles you fill, and maybe there's some overlap, but not a ton. And I think that is, um, those two th- uh, things have been critical for our partnership. And I've seen like, that seems to be what makes or breaks other partnerships. And then the third unspoken thing is, um, clear expectations where, you know, you have one person who does, uh, is, is doing way more than the other. And then that creates resentment. And I think that's what, um, I think that's what blows up or deep sixes, uh, business partnerships. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we've definitely had, you know, sometimes in the past where, you know, we, you know, both want to be doing the same thing or, um, you know, he was still working as a photographer, um, you know, up until, he didn't exactly go full-time when I went full-time with the company because he had, you know, all of these clients and, you know, a rep and all these, you know, team of people depending on him. So he slowly kind of transitioned uh, over the first kind of 18 to 24 months. Um, but, you know, th- the biggest thing is that, you know, we both want to see the, the business succeed. Um, so it's, it's, it's just like a marriage. You're going to go in and have like small arguments, but if you can then after those arguments come together and be like, all right, what do we need to do to, to make this stronger and not repeat this behavior and, you know, I, identify when things get stressful because, you know, there were times when, you know, sales slowed down, you know, sales haven't always been great for us. And we you know, we start to worry about, all right, are we doing something wrong? You know, what's going on here? So, you know, having that support system, I feel like if I was on my own, I think just the stress level of, of everything probably would have crushed me. So, uh, uh, I've always been in the camp of adding more people that are specialized that can bring um, kind of that high level management um, to, to help make you know better decisions and, and help make the business more efficient. Um, that's definitely been an uphill battle for sure. Yeah, I think um, I think the, the critical thing there is just to accept that you have to have, and this is true of any relationship, that open and, open and honest communication is going to be the, uh, the keystone of, yeah. uh, of a good relationship. And it's going to be true of your marriage and it's going to be true of your business partnership. Okay. Yeah. So getting back to Shopify, good times. Um, yeah. all right. So you had, you launched this product and you had like this, this good organic reach on Facebook. How, uh, early on, what did you do to market the business? What, what was successful? Cause that seems to be like, yeah, you had a great product, but I've seen plenty of people with great products that aren't able to get it in front of the right people. How are you able to do that? Yeah, I think early on, A, it was the instructors that we decided to work with already had established audiences. So we relied on that. Then as we got bigger and, and started having, you know, our own, you know, audience and started having all those, you know, connections on YouTube or Facebook or people started seeing, you know, our, our brand name, um, it just, it, it became a lot easier. But early on, we did rely pretty much on a building our email list through uh, the website and then also posting on social media. And then I remember maybe I want to say almost a year into the business, Facebook made that announcement and then uh, started offering advertising and yes. we, we jumped on immediately. Boosted posts. So yeah, so boosted posts. And I, I looked at that, you know, everyone was complaining and griping that I've spent so long building this audience and, now no one's seeing anything. And you know, I looked at that as an opportunity saying, wait, you're telling me that I can get this in front of, you know, 24 to 35 year old males that have an interest in X, Y, Z. And then I can also ensure that our, our pixel, my website, and then, uh, you know, have something trigger or fire saying that they actually made a sale. Like I can actually have proof that my marketing ad dollars are working. I was like, that sounds great. And, <laughs> yes. you know, and that's in, in, an interesting in Interesting point there. Yes. Yeah. Like set up right. You could easily waste a ton of money, but set up right. I mean, there are situations where people get sales for pennies, um, pennies a click, which is just outstanding. Not everybody, but you know, it, it can happen. 
Um, but I think what's important there is your mindset. You say, well, everybody's bitching about this, and I saw the opportunity. I think that's, that is the right way to look at it. Um, another, another successful trait we see with entrepreneurs on the show is, is grit. It's seeing when you are presented with an obstacle, so Facebook going, yeah, we're not going to just give you free organic reach anymore. Like how quickly do you work through that problem and then bounce back from any setback. And in your case, like you didn't, there was nothing to bounce back from. You said, oh, great. <laughs> like, look at this tremendous advertising opportunity um, and just moved right past it. Yeah. And, you know, I think early on, you know, the back end of Facebook sucked and it, it <laughs> was, it was terrible. And like you, it didn't do all these things that we wanted and we weren't quite sure. And, you know, the reporting from Google, you know, for a while, um, Google and Facebook were both triggering a sale. You know, and you know, in any given day, it said we had 30 sales, and uh, you know, we only had 15. And Facebook, and you know, was reporting this. So I, I still think they're ironing out a, a lot of the kinks, and you know, it, that has been one of the biggest uh, uphill battles. And, and now we have dedicated people at the company that do that. But early on, when there was just a few employees, just trying to learn and understand the back end of Facebook or Google, and and know that all right. We have a limited budget here and, you know, we're going to send this off into, you know, paying for Facebook and Google. Is it going to work? And, you know, for a while, we didn't know if we could quite track it. And then, you know, things got better and improvements were made. And, you know, we you know just did more education and, and self-teaching and, and learned more about the process. So it, it was an expensive process, but <laughs> I think it was, you know, a, a wise investment early on to, to hop on board and, and to test and try it out. I remember... Early on, I would just turn off advertising for a few days, and I just to see, like, all right, are sales going to stop? Is this really working? Because it, it would keep me up at night. Like, gosh, we are spending a lot of money on Facebook. You is have, it working? Yeah. Do you no? have a? Well, and the other thing is, you know, do you have a single point of failure? Like, if you have a single channel that your business relies on to market, and something happens there, well, that's that's a very scary place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, you know, why we, you know, decided to also do a lot with SEO and just free content and invest in uh, YouTube as well and just, you know, dump a lot of uh, time and energy into that, you know, a lot of time and energy into other platforms because it is scary, you know, like if Facebook, let's say, you know, a lot of photographers have this problem, especially when it went through the the advertising change. And I think a lot of the Instagram, you know, uh, people that promote on Instagram now are going to have that same that same problem. You know, they built this huge audience and maybe they're not really selling anything, or maybe they're just using it on their photography sales uh, to book clients. But you know, as soon as they turn that off or make that change, where now one one hundredth of your audience gets it, you know, for the for the one man team, the one man business, there's just not enough time in the day for you to then like, oh, now I got to figure out how to like use Facebook or Google and understand my advertising or. Should I make that leap into having a third party do it? Because there's, you know, every single, I get, I get an email or a call every single day from someone trying to sell me on how, you know, they can help my sales. And, you know, I've tried out a few of those people and every single time, not one single change. And sometimes it actually had a negative effect because huh. they just did, they didn't understand my business. They didn't understand my clients. They knew how to maybe tweak and maximize an, an ad, but they didn't know how to, you know, at any given time right now, we have 30 plus uh, ads on Facebook. And it's like, I, I can't trust that to an external company to, to you know, run my ad campaign. It's, it's got to be internal. So we, we decided early on that all that was going to be internal. We're not going to outsource and we're just going to have to work on Saturday and Sunday and, and figure it out and, and, and just set up. Uh, you know, processes in, internally that help automate as mu as best we can, but we're just going to have to put in the work and it's going to be hard, but you know, it's, it's, it's paying off. No. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it sounds like um, really your products are essentially joint ventures where you approach someone that you see as, uh, as a star in whatever, like very niche space um, and say to them, Hey, we, you know, we'd love to create a course with you and there's, there's compensation, et cetera. Um, but you get to leverage, you know, they get compensated and you get to then leverage their audience and star power. Yeah. Um, we, we put up all the cash, we pay for the whole thing. We have, uh, you know, in-house producers, in-house shooters. Um, our entire team basically leaves when we go out and shoot something, all of our editors are also our shooters. You know, we fund the whole thing and then uh, our instructors are, you know, paid in perpetuity forever. So, you know, 
they will you know invest the time to make it but then we manage everything we manage the customer service the sales uh, for them it's just not something they have to really uh, invest in outside of our private facebook group where you know uh, our audience can post photos and you know get feedback and tag the instructor and you know some of our instructors uh, are pretty active in the group and giving feedback um, you know but it's 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 been it's it's been awesome to to see our team grow, and uh, it's, it's been awesome to 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 have a lot of our projects be really successful and to to pay out those instructors. And you know, as long as it's selling online, it's they're going to get paid every month. So they get uh, so it's a revenue share is the model. Yeah, yeah very yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if it was like appropriate to ask. It's like, oh, do you just pay them a lump sum or is it a revenue share? But yeah, if it were me, I would want to. Um, you know, what, regardless of what side of the table I'm on, I always prefer revenue share because then everyone is invested and then there's no, like, you, you always get a fair share, um, fair compensation for the success of a product. Yeah, so I think absolutely. That, and then each of these people essentially become, you know, in their own way, they are, they are partners with you in this, this joint success, which I think is fantastic. Um, okay, but what, so that, that's great, but now we have to get to the technical part which is Uh-oh. someone purchases a file or someone buys the product on Shopify, then yeah. what happens? Yeah, oh man, a lot. So if you finally get to that bottom funnel and you make a purchase, um, the, I, the first thing you get a confirmation email set up from Shopify and that has uh, you know, some information that you know, sends you to common support questions and that is our Zen, powered through Zendesk. We have a... Uh, a subdomain setup, which is kind of a K-base uh, area. And uh, the second email that you get, uh, and this could be the second or th- third email. Um, the second one is from Conversio. And Conversio is a, an, an app that sends receipts. And yes. I remember yeah, for a Conversio, while... Conversio, Sh- formerly Receiptful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember for the for a while that was a problem because our, our customers, especially our European customers, uh, needed receipts immediately. And a lot of our customers are business owners and uh, investing in our education is a write-off. So I remember Shopify didn't give receipts and I was like, what? Seriously? <laughs> really? It doesn't automate receipts or it, it wasn't It wasn't in a way. So anyway, we installed Receiptful and then they, they kept developing it and uh, then added or changed to Conversio. And, you know, they're one of the only apps that allows you uh, to automate the the discount code. So if you buy a tutorial from us, if it's your first time purchase, you get a, a, a another email from Conversio saying, "Hey, welcome to the the team. Here's a coupon that expires in 45 days for X percentage off." And then that's different with every time you buy. If it's your second or third product, uh, that that email changes. And then the third email is the actual uh, unique URL of where to download your links, and that's through Fetch App. And Fetch App is you know the app that actually got us on to Shopify because it was one of the only solutions that I could find at the time that made As, the whole process uh, automated. A bit of trivia, Fetch app was the very first Shopify app as well. Yeah, so <laughs> so there it is. Um, so yeah, so that then that happens and then there's a series of, uh, at the moment we're using Infusionsoft. Um, that is our automated drip. We're actually, actually, you know, this next month or two we're switching to HubSpot. Um, okay. Just because uh, I just don't like inf- Infusionsoft can work if you really invest the time, but uh, I just I just am not a huge a huge advocate of just the back end. It just feels like Infusionsoft was made by an engineer and with someone with no with no aesthetics whatsoever. Yes, um, it's very so, it it feels like intimidating enterprise software. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know. A few weeks later, you'll get a, a thank you email uh, written from one of our instructors. Um, and then from there, there's drip emails set up that recommend other products every so often. So we have a, a whole series of automated, uh, which actually really helped our business when we finally realized to set up something like uh, Infusionsoft. Because before then, we were on MailChimp, and MailChimp at the time didn't have automation, and now they do. So uh, Infusionsoft helps us just kind of nurture um, everyone in our uh, environment and just, you know, 
send out newsletters and just company updates and uh, uh, new product launches and, and that sort of thing. And do you and then, do any, um, do you have workflows set up with uh, cross sales based on what they purchase? So it's like, all right, if I buy the newborn photography course, or it's like I buy a general photography course or whatever. Okay, uh, then after, you know, sure it takes them time to get through it. But then later, you know, maybe we say, oh, you know, if you're into, you know, like here's our boudoir photography course or like some yeah, other. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, we, yeah, we, we trigger cross sales based on their purchases. Yes, and we do, you know, part of our marketing team comes up with, because um, a lot of our products are different, so it takes a little bit of just knowledge on what people want to learn. And, uh, you know, we pull our audience quite a bit on, you know, what do you guys want to learn? Like, what's most important to you? What, what do what you genres use to do the surveys? Um, I think it's uh, Survey... I, I don't know the exact... <laughs> survey Chimp or... Survey Monkey. Survey Monkey, yeah. yes. So we, MailChimp, Survey Monkey, it's yeah, some, prim <laughs> some primate app. Uh, yeah, so we've, we've used that. Uh, we've used everything just from... Uh, you know, embedded Squarespace, uh, you know, questionnaire boxes uh, that dumps into like uh, an Excel file on Google Sheets or, or whatever it is. Um, What's the single yeah. most important question you ask? I don't think there is one single most important question. Um, I, I think the, the most frequent question is uh, like, which genre of photography are you most into? And if we can get, uh, you know, okay at least 50 or hundred people to, uh, fill in like, and, and some of those, some of those answers or options will be, uh, fashion or editorial or product photography or landscape photography. Uh, so we're constantly asking a, a pretty good mix of people, um, those sort of questions. And, uh, you know, we're getting pretty much the same results. People like shooting portraits of, you know, you know, friends or family, they want to, they want to shoot things that they know that they can make money on. Uh, you know, shooting, let's say, products is a little more specialized. Um, it's not as popular, and it's it's actually harder to make money that way. The the product tutorial that we did is more for people that you know run their own store and want to just figure out how to take better photos for Etsy or Pinterest or or whatever that might be. Um, but it, it kind of depends on what we want to to learn from the audience because we don't want to make the surveys too long. We want it to be. You know, you can take the survey in less than 30 seconds to a minute, and we just want to get a, a high number of results. So that, that helps us, you know, plan out, you know, quarter three, quarter four of that year or whatever it might be on who we're looking for. And then so we're you're always, always developing, um, you're always developing new products and you're doing, figuring out what to develop by asking people, hey, what do you want to see from us? Yeah. So yeah. essentially it becomes a, a flywheel to continuously grow this business. Yeah. And it's, it's also actually a, a good way where we've met. Uh, or been introduced to new photographers, I am still every single day blown away at how many amazing photographers there are worldwide that just make stunning images that also maybe teach. So uh, a few of our tutorials have been introductions, like uh, the one we did with Jake Hicks on gels. That was actually a recommendation from someone in our audience. And uh, we looked him up and was like, holy cow, like <laughs> this work is, this work is great. And, uh, you know, like literally two weeks later, we were uh, basically in pre-production on making uh, a, a gelled photography lighting tutorial. Very cool. All right. So we're coming to the end of our time together. But oh, no. as, as a photography super pro who's selling courses on photography, uh, what kind of advice do you have for Shopify store owners on their product photography? Oh, man. I think you can have an awesome website that's built. And if you don't have great photography on it, I think that's going to lead to a higher bounce rate. You know, I think we've just as a culture uh, that is just obsessed with Facebook and online and, and photography and just the consumption of images. If your photos aren't really, really, you know, at a very bare minimum, like good product photography, like even if that viewer doesn't know, like they, they, they feel like something's wrong. Like, Oh, this website feels a little off and it might be to due to the product photography. Um, and if, if, if you're selling a product and your, your photos aren't on point and really enticing the customer and, and, and food and beverage, you really have to create that, you know, Oh, I got, I got to have that. I, I'm thirsty. Like you have to do that with products too. Um, you got to make it look sexy. You got to make it look heroic. And there's yeah. just a lot well, of, there's a lot of small apparel. Yeah. Fashion apparel is the biggest vertical on Shopify. And like in that space, clearly, um, oh, yeah. Photography is critical. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a wise investment. And I also think, you know, you can do it yourself. 
Um, cameras today, uh, it's almost impossible. You know, cameras have so many little computers in them. It's almost impossible to take a bad photo. Um, what where you really screw up is your approach, why you're taking that photo, um, it, the lighting of of how you're lighting something. There's a, a lot of very small things that anyone can do for a very small budget to make their photos better. Um, so just just investing on your own, uh, I, I think, would be my advice to to store owners into doing the the, the product photography yourself. Um, I'm willing to bet that you have a course or tutorial on this. Yeah. Yeah, we do actually. We uh, one of our, one of ours is on product photography, and it takes you through how to do it for uh, everything from basic catalog, which is a very simple setup, using like a, a very inexpensive camera, all the way to what it would take. Uh, what does it look like when you're doing, let's say, you know, photographing Beats headphones? So, I think there's different types of product photography, from catalog to editorial, where it's you know very simple, and you're just trying to represent the the product for what it is. And then all the way to the commercial side where you're really getting into lighting and you're making more of like the Apple style photos where you're just like, wow, like this looks great. I got to have it right now. I'm looking at yeah. uh, the yours would be the complete guide to product photography and retouching. Yeah, by, yeah. It's, with to, it's with Tony Roseland. Tony Roseland okay. is a product and architecture photographer out of Spokane. Um, really, really talented, really smart individuals, third generation photographer. It's been in his family for, for generations. Uh, did that. I think that, that tutorial is almost 20 something hours and it, it takes you through all of the, the gear, the setup, and then everything also in post-production. So, um, even if you don't have any sort of knowledge whatsoever in, uh, let's say Photoshop, which can be intimidating, there's introductory sections on, you know, step-by-step. Here's how to edit this file. And, you know, one of the cool things that also separates us for all of our projects is we give away the raw files. Um, so that raw data, that raw file is right out of the camera. So you can practice along on the example files and, and figure out, hey, you know what? I can do this. I, I can do this on my own. It's, it's, really, it's really not as hard as, as it might seem. Cool. All right. I will include a link to that, uh, that guide in the show notes as well. Oh, awesome. Very good. Uh, okay. Any lastly, uh, where can people go to learn more about you? Yeah. Um, so our website is rggedu.com. And then uh, we are, our handle is rggedu on Instagram and, and YouTube and uh, pretty much everywhere else. And then our podcast is rggedupodcast.com. If, if you're interested in, in listening to Rob and I drink whiskey with photographers. <laughs> Sounds like a good, good time yeah. to me. Um, okay, I will include all of those links in the show notes. And Gary, thank you for joining us. This has been insightful. Yeah, thank you, Kurt. I appreciate the invite. And that's it for us today at the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So I know you've got your phone in front of you. Get on Facebook, search for the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. You'll find our group, the Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders. Let me just say Unofficial Shopify Podcast one more time. Or sign up for my newsletter at kurtelster.com. Shoot me an email. Either way, you'll be notified when a new episode goes live. And of course, you can work with me on your next project. You can apply at ethercycle.com slash apply. How about that? And as always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.